But what I saw is that she prayed a lot. So because she was not, she was not always there to parent, but she just prayed for us. Because you know she'd leave on the weekend, and uh, just leave two teenage boys, and and she worked at a hospital, and she saw what happened to teenage boys, whether it was bullet wounds or knives, you know. So she she prayed a lot for us. Um, nonetheless, she gave me an ultimatum, saying I either leave a house or I'll go find study somewhere. Um, and so, actually, I was very fortunate. Or, um, you know, and I was not a Christian at the time. So, uh, fortunate to find uh, study. And through my time, uh, rolled for five years, I actually never came across born again Christians, as strange as that may sound. Um, until I was studying um, honors to become a chartered accountant. Um, and that's where I met my wife, who was a. Uh, on fire, uh, Christian from Baxter in um, in Ronneboch. and I was uh, stuck for a year, for ten months. Um, we were study group of thirty, and there were twenty-five Christians, born again Christians, um, and actually most of them ended up coming to his people, uh, Park Town. It was the most uncomfortable, <laughs> most uncomfortable um, uh, position, most uncomfortable ten months. That 10 months finished, and um, actually, my then friend, who now is my wife, led me to, uh, to, 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 to the Lord. Um, and, um, and ever since, my, my life just took a totally different path. I was assured myself I was never going to get married and have kids. Uh, six months later, I was married. Um, <laughs> and as I moved, I mean, the, but the most powerful thing is, and... Um, Perhaps to your question, um, in all the, I've been very fortunate that at a very young age I've gotten great opportunities, and you could call it privilege in a different sense, um, if you consider it for the for for the for these times. But in each of those, it, I've got roles which I never felt I could actually do, and and therefore I actually had no choice but to really trust and lean to God on God. Um, and so even in my, in my job now, I, uh, it's, of course it's a wonderful job. It's an incredible opportunity to, of influence and to be so determinant, um, to play a determinant role in a, a major corporation who, who can have a major influence um, in the country and in the continent. But there are times when I wake up and I'm like, oh my goodness, and I'm faced with a decision. Um, actually, am I ready for this? Um, and so for me, it's... Uh, what I've learned through through all of this is that God is faithful, um, and um, and the same way that my mother prayed for me every night and every morning, my wife does that as well. So, so I walk in with confidence, um, not in my not because I studied for it, uh, but because I know I've got my wife who's praying and um, and that God is with me all all the time. Come on, come on, wow, wow. I'm gonna go back to Bernard. Um, I was um, reading up an interview that you had with uh, MoneyWeb, and you know the internet has got a whole lot of things, so correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, <laughs> but I, I took this, uh, which was attributed to you because of your leadership at um, Harmony Gold, and it said this, I quote, uh, you've taken, referring to Harmony Gold, you've taken it from 60,000 uh, ounces a year. Uh, listen to this. Uh, to 2.4 million ounces a year. 
from a single mind that had only 11 years of life left to one with many decades and from an operation that was capitalized at 1.5 billion at its peak in 1996 when Bernard was a mere 34 year old to, to the capitalization, sorry, now of 34 billion. Uh, that was an incredible achievement uh, during your leadership there, Bernard. And this, this is not me. I was following an interview that you had uh, with somebody else. Uh, so please tell us, how, how did your Christian values, your, your understanding of, of God and how he's called us to be influential, how did that influence you in doing work and being able to take this company from where it was to where you left it? Um, so I've got an hour now. <laughs> Tracy would have warned you not to say the word harmony because <laughs> something in me wakes up and I speak passionately for uh, many, many hours. Okay. Of course, um, from time to time, harmony had, uh, well, it probably started with 30,000 people on a very uh, uh, bad ore body, not making money very painful process to turn it around and then ending up again with about 40,000 people by the time I left. And I say that not to add on to great numbers. I say that because 40,000 people did that. Wow. And a leader, a leader really should walk behind, not in front. The Western model of capitalism looks for Superman, CEOs, you know, put us on the front pages of the newspapers. And unfortunately, I think, you know, we can get corrupted by that fame ourselves. Whereas real leadership, Jesus' model of leadership is from within and from behind. And, you know, you make disciples without, you know, always being in the limelight. Um, so for me, I, I just want to say that, I mean, I've worked with amazing people. And at some states, 10, 12 people who I shared some time with at uh, Harmony um, and we went through the hands of Tracy's leadership model and so on. At some stage, I think there were 12 uh, ex-Harmony people leading other mining companies. Now, that's a legacy that Harmony yeah. should really be proud of. Um, and I mentioned Tracy. She's just written the book on leadership, the ultimate book on leadership. I'm doing a little bit of promo. <laughs> for, um, people from East People is for free, uh, available online. Um, but, but, you know, the leadership model that we as Christians should have, it's in the Bible. You know, we don't have to read every other leadership model. We can actually read the Bible and see how we are meant to interact with other human beings, you know. Um, if you get bestowed the opportunity to lead, and that changes you, you should never have been put into a position to lead, quite honestly. Um, because that power that comes with leadership is often what brings out people's true character, and that's not always pretty. That's not always good. So uh, for me, um, I used to, at Harmony in meetings, declare that I'm a Christian. I'm not sure that was always right or necessary. At the time, I thought, you know what? If I say to people I'm a Christian, they will hold me to that. They will expect that of me. You know. As I get older, I know you can assert and you can say, but people really watch you. Yeah. I would like to think people saw from time to time in my actions that I was a believer and a Christian, as opposed to me say that. And I'm not anti-saying it. I'm going to say I myself have often said in meetings, as you know, I'm a Christian. And that, that didn't mean I could not tolerate other 
belief systems or whatever. But for me, Christianity stands for a set of values. You can expect a way of dealing with me, Good. and you can hold me to that. Good. I am now older, and I perhaps say it less, but I try hard to uh, live it more clearly um, and more consistently. Wow, awesome. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you. Uh, Serena, you you are currently the special advisor to the Minister of Mineral Resources, and um, at times I've heard of outrageous uh, things that you've done there uh, in our government. Tell us a little bit about your influence in terms of how you've had opportunities to pray for some ministers, how you've had opportunities to prophesy, and so forth and so on. Please just share a little bit on that. Um. Let me just take you one step back and just share with you how I got the position because I think if you understand that, you'll understand the reasons why I'm so bold in my space. Yeah. Um, about a year ago, well, two years ago, I had it on my heart to, to, to have this position, to be a special advisor to a minister. And I wrote it down and I dated it and I handed it to the Lord. And I would pray about it all the time. And, and my one wish or, or my, one, my one condition was, Lord, if this is your will for my life, then I know it will come to pass. So um, all of last year, we were expecting a shuffle because one of the ministers had passed on, and so there was a gap. And so all of last year, I was praying for this to happen. Um, and then at a, in about September, um, I, I laid it before the Lord, and I said, Lord, um, we've just found out that there's not going to be a shuffle this year. And, and the condition was that I would get this position before I turned 40. That was my condition with God. <laughs> Um, and so we, yeah, we, were, we were then told there isn't going to be a shuffle. They're just going to place someone in the position. So I went back to my prayer mat, and I was like, okay, Lord, I know this isn't going to happen. Um, but I'm still leaving it with you. It's not going to happen before my 40th birthday. I accept that maybe when I turn 45. Um, and then literally a week later, I got a phone call to say, we're about to place a new minister. He does not have staff. We're asking for your CV. So I took a big gulp, handed in my CV, and left it at that. Um, I was supposed to go to Bethel in October, and God had put that on my heart in February. So about um, a week before my Bethel trip, I got a call to go and meet with the minister. I sat down with him. We chatted. At the end of the conversation, he said, no, he'll get back to me by the afternoon. That, later that afternoon, I got a phone call to say, the minister wants you to start, but he wants you to start on Monday. And I, on the phone, had to say to the guy, wait, sorry, you're asking me to start the 1st of October? And he said, yes, we want you to start immediately. So I said to him, look, and as I was saying this, in my head, I was going, Lord, I actually cannot believe I'm saying this. I said to him, look, I cannot accept the position if the position means I have to start on the 1st of October because I have to take a trip to Bethel. So the guy went quiet on the other side of the phone. He said, um, we'll call you back. So put the phone down, and I was like, right, Lord, the condition was, if this isn't your will for my life, I know that it won't happen. So later that afternoon, the phone rang, and I thought it was this guy on the other side of the phone, and I answered it, and it was actually the minister. And his words to me were, young lady, I believe you're turning me down for a date with Jesus. <laughs> so I said, yes, minister, unfortunately, there are some things more important than government. So he chuckled, and he said to me, okay, fine, that's okay. Go have your date. I'll see you on the 1st of November. Wow. <laughs> but I, I think that in that moment, it was just 
having the faith to say, God's going to come first always. And that's how I live my life. Um, and so what I do is because of, because I just have that boldness about me because of him, not because of me. Um, I walk around our building in Pretoria. I walk around Parliament once a week and I just, I pray over the place. I pray over anybody I come into contact with. If I see a need, I pray for it. Um, I found myself prophesying over ministers, deputy ministers. I even once a couple of weeks ago reached out and touched the president. I had all his protectors reach out to push me away. But in that moment, I knew that I needed to touch him in order to lay hands on him to pray for him. Wow. Come on. Thanks, Serena. Thank you. Um, Luvuyo, um, on, the, on the same um, note, same question. How, how you mentioned earlier on that you went to Christian before and then you got saved. How has that affected the way you lead uh, currently? Um, I think for me the the journey that um, which hasn't actually didn't happen overnight was, you know, initially I sort of I mean, Pastor Andrew touched on it. You you think of your work as a job, and that is a, a certain mentality and mindset of um, what you therefore expect of yourself. Um, and for me, you know, the journey of um, God helping me in finding my purpose and what my gifts are um, and what then that meant for, for me in actually looking at my life and all aspects of my life, how I should show up as a husband, as a, as a father, and therefore, not look uh, my work as a job. It's actually my work. It's uh, I go there, um, and I have a job to do for for the Lord and in in His in His kingdom. So that's how I've approached um, I've approached my um, um, my work. Um, and the thing I look at is that I truly believe, whether it's South Africa, whether it's my family, whether it's my life, um, that God has a perfect will. For, 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 all, for all of those situations. And that has helped me to discern when um, what I see happening in front of me is not according to the word. And that has helped me to either call it out um, or to do something and brought urgency to, to, to resolve things that, um, that are not according to the word and, and to the promises of the Lord. I mean, one of the things um, that that really is in my heart now is there are so many young men um, and young black men, that's actually my age, uh, who are married but are going through divorces. And so, and this is my work environment. So you see people who are having these fantastic careers but yeah. divorcing at an alarming rate. Yeah. Um, and that to me is, um, now when I, I read scripture, I know that's not the perfect will of God. Um, and um, And so, you know, when I think about what I do at work, it's, yes, I've got the title of the CFO, but actually um, there are people that I work with that I interact um, who either know Christ or don't know Christ, but who are facing situations. And um, I, that's a role I try to try, try to, to play in. And in this particular space, um, really work and, and walk um, with, uh, with young men um, in, in, the corporate, in the corporate world. Bernard, you mentioned earlier on um, 
about the idea of leading from behind and almost an, a servant leadership style rather than, you know, domineering dictatorship type of leadership. I was uh, again listening to an interview that you had had with somebody and they said that you didn't want to have a secretary uh, at one point uh, because you wanted direct communication to come to you because you, you wanted to serve the people. Please explain to us just the principles of servant leadership that have helped you um, during your CEO days, but even now that you're running that uh, you know, consulting slash training uh, company. Yeah, a lot of what I say, I didn't do well. So. <laughs> I, I, I think for the, for the white rugby supporters of the old blow biller, you know, I'm like Nas Boota. I commentate on tackling, <laughs> but I couldn't tackle myself. I, well, I myself could not tackle. Um, I probably also couldn't tackle myself. Um, you know, I uh, remember starting under mine. So I got, I actually got a bursary from what is today Impala. And only like six months ago, I made it back as a director of Impala. I never, ever made it back to Impala. But I got sent to the gold mines, and they were struggling. The one I got sent to Gritfle is still infamous for lots of, of, of things that has gone wrong there. And so I got to this mine in deep, deep, deep trouble. That seems to be the theme of my uh, story uh, in my life. Um, and in the chainsaws, in those days the chainsaws were segregated by race and by position. So I would work as a, as a miner, and in the miners' chainsaws, these guys would passionately talk about the company and what is wrong. And I was amazed because at the time, as a young graduate, I actually agreed with their view. But then you get promoted, you become a shift boss, and the conversation changes, and the higher you go up, the less the people talk the truth or the real issues. And that, that really fundamentally formed me and changed my view. Now, firstly, my dad was a normal guy. He was a unionized artisan. You know? And so at home, he was the, the source of wisdom. In the chainsaws, I see these guys really care. And later in life, we, you know, we, we treat people lower down the organization as numbers in the mining industry specifically, but then any big organization. And so um, so trying to con constantly connect back to people is really important in my life. I mean, you know, I remember times when I used to drive an old combi, and between the one shaft at Evander and the other shaft at Evander, people would wave you down for a lift, and I would give them a lift. And in Fanagalore, we would have a conversation, <laughs> and the next morning, I would know better what's going on in the mine than the manager. Now, the, 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 the things we build around us, the, the secretaries and the support staff, often prevent us from being real. And I'm not anti-anybody. I'm just saying, the more layers of protection you've got around you, the less you are in contact with the people you supposedly represent. And it's in that context that I can be critical of, you know, blue light brigades and other such things. <laughs> <laughs> we need to listen. We need to shut up. The more senior you are, the more the higher your profile is. You need to actually listen. And I wish I could listen like Madiba. We all have a Madiba story. But when I met him for a famous cup of tea, which cost how many, about a million and a half rand. 
He did all the smart things to get money out of me. But he also asked me about who I am. And, you know, and at the time, my twin daughters were, um, you know, we spoke about my twin daughters. And 18 months later, when we went back to the Adams College in Northern KwaZulu-Natal for the official opening, when I met him for the first time again after 18 months, you know what the first thing he was he said to me is, how are your twin daughters? Now, I want to listen like that. I want to listen with a caring heart. I want to listen with a, there's more to this man than a title and a checkbook. This man has got twin daughters and they are important. I mean, when we connect like that, then, then we lead like Madiba led. That's wow. Beautiful. Zarina, what are, what are some of the key principles that you would, you would want to give to us today? Uh, in terms of servant leadership, just uh, leading with the people, not just leading people. Um, sure, Mike. I think that I think for me anyway, the way in which the way in which I live my life and the way in which I lead people is the same. And I live by very clear and very definite and and very um, um, yeah, just very clear principles. So the first thing I do is I live from and with God's presence. Because without that, we can do nothing and we are nothing. Um, so everywhere I go and everything I do, I, I, so for example, I walk into a meeting and the first thing I do is I pray. And I say to people, I start off the meeting, if it's my meeting, I say, look, I know that some of you may not want to pray or some of you are not Christian, but I am. This is the way I'd like to run this meeting. And um, all I'm asking is maybe just take a minute to 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 meditate or be in silence. And I say to them, I'm going to pray to who I know God to be. You can turn your heart to who you think God is. Um, and then I ask Jesus just to touch them. Um, so for me, it's, it's about his presence first and foremost. Um, I believe that in any situation, whether it's a family situation, whether it's um, work, um, everything is about family and family values. And I try and instill that in, in my workspace. I don't, at the moment, necessarily lead people, but I do get to speak into people's lives. I get to speak mostly into my minister's life um, and into the decisions that he makes. And I'm, I'm, very, I'm acutely aware of that at every turn, so I'm very, very careful of what I say. Um, he's, he's, he's Catholic, so he's, um, yeah, he's not really Christian. He's not Christian. Um, <laughs> But he, from day one, I pray over him. At every meeting, I pray over him before he makes a speech. I pray over him before he addresses people. And now, the minute I put my hand on his shoulder, he knows I'm about to pray, and he bows his head. <laughs> um, I also work in a very, very controversial space. Um, I work for a very controversial minister. So I try at every turn not to judge um, because that, that is really what people in government today are expecting. They're expecting us to judge them. So I try really just to bring God's love into every situation. And where he asks my opinion on stuff, I try to speak kingdom principles into his life without him knowing it. Um, I also believe in grace and empowerment. So I believe in empowering the people around us. Um, I believe in honor. I believe in the culture of honor. I believe in honoring everybody um, whether it's the person who sweeps the floor or whether it's my minister. Wow. And, and, and I try to say and instill that in him without him knowing it. Wow. Um, so I speak it to him and then I hear him repeating it and I <laughs> chuckle. 
um, because I know he's, you know, it's, it's people are seeing it, it's coming from him, but that's awesome. Wow. Um, and then I think just because I'm so prophetic and I know that that's my calling, um, I, I try and call out the gold at every turn. So it's never about the negativity. It's never about judging people. It's always, always about calling out what I know God sees. I know we, we're running out of time, but I'm going to ask Luvuyo this question. But please, uh, Zarina and Bernard, feel free to answer as well. Uh, you mentioned uh, the government. Um, and on that note, I'd love to ask this question. Um, as a citizen of South Africa, Luvuyo, uh, besides just voting, how else can you bring change in the political environment through your leadership? And how can you help others to do the same? Um, I, I think the... I think the first thing you, well, my personal view is that um, you need to realize that, um, you know, that there are a lot of challenges that, the, that are out there. Yeah. And, um, and those challenges are actually going to be solved, not necessarily in boardrooms. It's going to take people to see the challenge, have um, the courage to step in and then do, and we all can do that. And it, it, it can be uh, whether it's at your school or your children's school. It's uh, you know this uh, this sense of you have to wait for the government to do something is is actually a lie. Uh, I think that's a that's a that's a first thing. And in fact, um, you know this concept of self governance is was God's initial plan. You know God put Adam there. And actually told him, um, have dominion, so yeah. govern the earth. Um, and so God's initial plan was not that would be governed by, you know, externally by government and so on. And so if, if, if that is your mindset um, and you also have, um, you've been able to link what you really think your purpose is, that God has, has, has shared that with you, you understand your gifts, I promise you, there are enough. Um, there are enough challenges out there where your gifts and your time can make can play a, a major role. Um, and so that's that's how I think I think about it. Um, I think more. What can I do? What can I do for me as an individual? What can I do with me partnering with my wife? Um, and um, and when it comes to to my job or my uh, the the, uh, the 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 aspect of my, of my job, there are also a lot of associations which are fairly influential uh, across, and I, I make sure that I participate rather than be comfortable um, in the job that I have um, and, um, uh, and, you know, just going back and have the excuse of I need to go back to the family um, because there is enough time for to, 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 do, to do all those things. But understand that the, you will face challenges, and the challenges are you will face busyness. Yeah. There will be lots of reasons why... Yeah. No, I'm too busy to do it. Um, you will face, and some of the things I face on a daily basis, um, I love sports, and so television can, uh, to me, is my battle. You know, watching, waking up on Saturday and watching sports the whole day, is, is, and we all have our things, and you just need to be aware of them and really be purposeful around how, um, um, how you, the role that you see yourself and how you play it. Thank you. Bernard, yeah, sure. 
so I don't have the uh, good uh, excuse of busyness anymore. <laughs> um, so the the things that, that Trace and I are really, really passionate about um, are a whole host of things. I mean, that's the, the, the beautiful thing of being in a country with so many challenges. There are a matching number of opportunities. Um, we unashamedly try to play a role uh, in, in the lives of our friends who are feeling marginalized, uh, ready to leave the country. And of course, I talk about mainly uh, very well-qualified, rich white people. Yeah. It's not in our country's best interest to have that longer yeah. term. And all we need to do is give people hope. Not yeah. unrealistic hope, but just hope. Live a life of hope. Live a life of positive influence. And at some stage, a very influential friend of ours, influential because he's a journalist with high profile, he used to refer to our Tuesday, um, you know, Tuesday evening dinners as the place where he comes to have his batteries recharged. Wow. Now, he influences hundreds, if not thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of wow. people. Not us, but it's an opportunity that is in our lives to be positive. Right. I really care for young people and the next generation. I heard when I think of a person who's put a village into poverty, deeper poverty, to get a university degree, which will not help her find a job because we only employ experienced people. And so in that space of closing the gap between a degree and a job, I think we all, those of us who can, should play a much, much bigger role. We can't sleep at night if kids get to the end of grade four and they still can't read. That is 70% of South African school kids today. So we have to be involved in schools. I'm not a teacher. I'm too impatient. If you don't get what I say, you're clearly <laughs> dumb. So, but I can surely partner with a headmaster. A headmaster has got a job more impossible than a minister, a CEO, or the general manager of a mine. It is the impossible job which not even Superman or Superwoman can do, and nobody is assisting them. Yeah. And that, uh, Trace and I have both partnered with Headmasters and Alexandra, wow. and I've never been humbled more in my life than wow. seeing what people are doing and can do. So, I mean, in our country, really, I think if we switch off the TV, stop playing the computer games, we will find so many opportunities wow. that we can uh, positively uh, impact on. Um, and it's fun. It is yeah. really to be humble. It's, it's fun. Yeah, it is. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Sure. Um, I think that just working in the political space, um, I've really I've meditated quite a bit on the idea of kingdom politics, and um, I think for me it's it's understanding that you know we all cry out for revival, but corporate revival must start with personal revival. Yeah. And that means that each and every one of us as Christians must look to kingdom principles and kingdom politics. And what that means is understand that your identity as a son and daughter also means that our political identity is this. Christ is the ruler and the kingdom of God is our birth both right. And it's, it's, it's always, it's meditating on that. It's speaking that out. It's, it's living from that place of knowing that that is who we are. And knowing that when people speak badly about our country, when people speak badly about our leaders, that we don't, um, as Christians, I think, that we don't 
just get on the bandwagon and continue with that fearful state. Yeah. That what we do is we say, no, hang on. My father says that this is not how my country is supposed to be. And so I don't accept it. I don't believe it. I won't live it out. I won't repeat it. Um, and it's about praying into all of that. It's about making sure that as Christians, we stand together and we, we, we take a stand and we say, no, enough. Yeah. It's not going to be like this. This isn't what... God wants for us. This isn't his plan and his design and his purpose for our country, for our lives, for our families, for our societies. Wonderful, wonderful. Thank you. Thank you very much, Pano. Any closing comments before I close in prayer? No, I just make a comment, Mike, if you don't mind. Um, I think you'll agree that this is a, a very um, unusual, very unique opportunity. And so I'm sure most of you will not mind going a few minutes later. Uh, if you do need to leave, please do. But I, I do want to ask in closing, we have been sharing with our church, and you guys know how we teach and what we stand for. But for the average person here, we've heard your testimonies and how God did it through you. Can you give something to each person here to say, how can you go to the next step where you're at? How can you change your mindset? What are some of the mindset shifts that you need to make, whether you're a student, whether you're a businessman, whether you're an employee, wherever you're at, what are some of those mindset shifts and what are some of the things that you can practically do to see yourself as an influencer, ambassador, and to make a difference? Um, Pastor Andrew, perhaps I won't answer, but then I'm sure they will <laughs> correct that. But I think um, for me, here we are as people who believe, we are we have faith. And often we don't then have the action. And it is amazing. I mean, we need both. You know, you can have action and without faith, you may even achieve things, but it's not what you were meant to achieve in your life. So we start with faith, of course. And I'm just, I'm just always uh, asking people to then take the first step. You don't even have to see the journey. You don't have to know at all. But the first step, I mean, that's how you, you know, start the journey to the promised land. That's how you leave Egypt. That's how you do anything. You take the first step. And for me in life, often the procrastination in faith. <laughs> and then I take a step and then suddenly then it's progress in faith. That's great. Wow, Pastor A, that's such a deep question. <laughs> um, I think that it's, for every single person in this room, ask, ask, ask yourself this question, why am I where I am right now? And there's a reason for it, because every single one of us have been, have been born and have been born into the kingdom for such a time as this. Um, and so right now, just ask yourself that question. Who, who do I have around me? And whether it's moms at home with, with babies or whether it's CEOs of companies, um, God wants you to influence one other person. And that's what it means to be a leader, that you can in some way touch one person's life. So whoever that person is around you. Um, I think that it's influencing them in a way or living your life in a way where someone says to you, what is it about you? What, what, why are you so different? Why, when everyone else is panicking, you aren't? What is it about you? So, so having that ability just to, to be able to influence that one person, I think for me is the start. 
Um, it's also about using what you have in your hands. God says, use what you have. You know, like Elisha and the, the, the widow and the oil, use what you have. So whatever that is for you, whether you, you're in an HR space and you have the ability to, um, to speak into people's lives through healing, whether you're in, as a CEO or um, you can speak into people's lives through, through direction, through assisting them, giving them direction. So, so use whatever it is that God has given you to influence the people in a meaningful way around you. Um, I think for me that the truth I wish I knew quite early on is um, it's never too early or it's never too late. Um, and as Bernard uh, put it, uh, just start, just just do it. And we we all have ideas of what it is that um, and passions that what it is that uh, we'd love to do. And and often those are there to solve problems. Um, and and I think it's. You really just need to just need to start um, start and do and even challenges that you face. Don't pray that they go away. Um, you know, um, Goliath, uh, go, go, uh, David. Uh, without Goliath, we'd not know David. That was his challenge, and um, his the prayer was not for it to go away. But um, and so don't pray your Goliath to go away, but use them to as a manner to for God to show you and increase. Uh, your faith in Him, um, and 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 really just uh, be courageous. Um, is it, it's really important because you'll try things, you'll take the first step, and sometimes uh, you'll get you'll hit a brick wall. Uh, but you just need to persevere. Um, you really need to, um, and it does come down to purpose because once you're able to identify that, it just brings so much value. You're able to associate value to what you do. Um, and therefore, uh, challenges that you face just should increase your perseverance. I mean, that's all I would say. Can we give our panel another round of applause? Thank you very, very much. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I would love for them to pray for us. Can we all please stand? Um, you know, there's, there's an anointing when when you have overcome something, uh, that you have that anointing and you can release it. And I believe there's an anointing that each of them possess and that they're able to release into our lives. Whether you are aspiring to be a businessman or businesswoman, whether you are uh, wanting to, whatever that you want to do, uh, there's an anointing here that can be released. So can we just receive from them as they, each of them will just pray for us. Whatever you feel the Lord wants you to release, please just release it on us. Father God, we thank you for this time. Samanga, we give you all the glory and honor because you are worthy, Lord God. And Father, we even believe right now, Lord Father, that your, per your perfect will will take place in this country, in this nation, Lord God. That, Father, whatever the circumstances are, Lord God, we should just keep our faith and focus in you, Lord God. Father, I pray that you awaken right now action and urgency in each of us right now, Lord God to do the work of your kingdom, Lord God. Father, awaken that passion, awaken that purpose, awaken the actions that are required, Lord Father, that when we walk out of here, Lord God, we we filled up, Lord Father, but it's not just faith, Lord God, because faith without actions is death, and Lord Father, that we will put into action our faith, Lord God, and Father, we will bring glory to your name. And Father, South Africa will be a glorious nation, Lord God. And Father, it will bring glory to your name and be an example to all nations across, across this wonderful continent. In Jesus' name.
Thank you, Lord. Lord, we just, ah, Father, we're just so grateful for every single life in this room today, Father God. We're grateful, Father God, for every single family represented here, Lord God, for every single community represented here, Lord God. Father God, we just ask you just, oh, Jesus, just to release, Father God, just a deeper sense of identity as sons and daughters of the Most High God, Lord God. We ask you, Lord God, just for a deeper sense of our purpose in your kingdom, Lord God. Father God, we are your body, Lord God, and each and every one of us, Lord God, has a role to play, Father God, destined by you, Lord Jesus. And so we just ask you, Lord God, just for an awakening, Father God, an awakening, Lord God, to that purpose, Lord God. Father, we just ask you also just for boldness, Father, boldness, Lord God, to go out, Father God, and to bring, to pull the kingdom down, Lord God, to bring your kingdom, Lord God, everywhere we go, Father God, everywhere, Father God, our feet touch, Lord God, that people will come to see you, people will come to know you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. God, we pray for wisdom and discernment. God, we pray for us dealing with ourselves with your help. We pray, God, that we get to know why you created us, why you put us here now, why there's no better time for us to live than right now, right here. God, we pray that we understand what talents you gave us, what strengths we have. God, we know that when we are busy with the things that you want us to do, we're also busy with the things we are good at. We will have fun doing that, God. We'll be able to take that first step. God, we'll be bold and we'll be unstoppable. God, please let us listen to each other. Let us listen to the people in our lives. God, let us Look for the likeness, not only the differences. God, let us as a nation discover what makes us unique and special and why do you want us to be the example of your glory on earth. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord.